right, here we go. Barkley from inside his own five. Barkley with a lead. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley was the opening kick. 97 yards. Touchdown, Nittany Lions. What's up, gamblers? We're back. It's Friday. It's just me and Herndon here. This is like our third time trying to do this. We tried it with Richie, and he had to go to class. And, oh, I don't know what the hell the kid was doing. Who knows? Anyway, back to the original duo here. So, quick, I, w- I just want to go over a couple things that I saw from last week. Then we're going to get into our picks. And then we're going to have our survivor. We're going to have our fantasy talk. All the mumbo-jumbo in the middle there. And then all the way at the end, we're going to spit a little bit about college. Not a big slate this week. Not a good slate. It's a, it's not even a good gambling slate if you ask me personally. I've, I've bet in a couple of these lines, but nothing crazy. Maybe about 10 minutes at the end for your college preview. But to start it off here, we each have a couple takeaways we want to talk about from last week. So Herndon, what's one takeaway you have from uh, last week, week three of the NFL season? Last week, week three of the NFL season, my takeaway was the Rams and Todd Gurley. And not looking great. <laughs> uh, Todd Gurley hasn't really been getting it going. Uh, I assume it's the knee. I mean, that could probably be the only assumption there. That it has to be the knee that's that's uh, hindering him. Uh, they're not getting him involved in the pass game at all like they did in years past. Uh, what, what's he have this year? Four catches for like eight yards? Yeah. And like 200 total rushing yards, one touchdown only. It's His stat line is uh, – it's – they might be saving him for like the playoffs and like big games, but fantasy wise, even team wise now, Man. they're a they're not a bet on team. They're not a I want to play Todd Gurley in in my leagues because I don't have any shares of him, and I'm, and I'm happy I don't have any shares of him. But oh, I don't know what the Rams are going to do moving forward. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, like you, you've seen that Malcolm Brown gets most of the goal line carries. Uh, I don't know if that's by plan, like to the fact that they want to keep Gurley more healthy, like where he's not getting in those big scuffles at near the goal line like that. That could be the deal. Uh, but besides for that, I'm not really sure what they're doing uh, from a running standpoint. Yeah. And, and the thing is, good, even <laughs> they do look at Cooper. Cooper Cup's having a having a hell of a season, a hell of a start to the season so far. Yeah. But another thing with the offense, golf. I don't golf doesn't look great to me. I McVeigh's good, but I people are starting to scheme up, figuring out what they're doing and stuff. They're very worrisome. Very worrisome. Could it be the fact that McVeigh's like, oh, I'm this big uh, coach now. Like I'm, I'm looked looked upon as one of the best coaches in the NFL. Like I can. Like does he outthink himself? Like, is that what it's, what it's come to where he's outthinking himself when he's coaching? Well, that's what he did in the Super Bowl. That's what he did. He did it a lot of times. Yeah, like, that's what I think it actually is, that he's outthinking himself when he's coaching because he thinks, like, oh, well, they think I'll do this, so I'll actually do this, when in all reality they didn't think you'd do that. 
they thought you'd do what you're going to do. That that's what exactly. that's my takeaway. That's my takeaway. What, what what are you looking at as your big takeaway from week one? For, from week one, or week three? Week three. My bad. Yeah, week three. So there, there. I mean, I take a lot away from all these weeks, and I'm sure as you do. But one of the biggest takeaways I took, I saw, is Danny Dimes is actually good. I, this kid impressed me. Yeah. He came back from down 17. If Eli's in there, they loot, they get blown out. But now. I think, yes, they lost Saquon. I really feel bad. Big Saquon guy here. But he's actually a competent quarterback. And he, personally, and now it's only week one. I know Mariota did this too. He went like 13 for 14 for 300 yards, like three scores in his first start. But I I see something different in Danny Dimes. He looks like a quarterback that's a guy that's that could be there for years to come. And he he's a competitor. He He's an athlete and he's a competitor. I like what I saw from him. The Giants are going to be a bet on team. Later in the season, not this week. It's too much, too much overhype this week. It, give them a little bit. Let, yeah. let this settle down a little bit. Let them have a bad game or two, and then I, I do like where the Giants are headed, though. I, I do as well. I mean, I I don't like the Giants. I don't want to let, see them succeed just because uh, I, I've always grown up hating basically every team in that division except for the Redskins because nobody really cares about the Redskins. Uh, don't like Dallas. Don't like Philly. Uh, don't like the Giants. Uh, but. I mean, they, they can make some noise. Not this year, I don't think. Uh, not not yet. I, I don't think they have the uh, a competent roster uh, like throughout to be able to make some uh, some noise in the in the postseason. Or even, I, I see them as like a five win team this year. Yeah, and maybe make some shitty calls late in the season. Maybe try to lose a couple more games to get a higher draft pick. Because hey, beefing up that that defensive secondary. Might be a place to go look in the draft, defensive line, look in there because their offensive line does look good. They got Saquon. They they have Danny Dimes now. They, they have a good base. I, I do want to see what they do with it, but I agree there. And My last takeaway, I know last week we talked about this. I was high and said Mason Rudolph can compete for the Steelers. Now, they only covered last week. They did lose by four to the Niners. I think they easily could have won that game if they wanted to. What was yep, your takeaway? Do you, do you think it. that <laughs> – don't talk but, to me about it. I don't can, want to talk about it. But seriously, do you think the Steelers can get to nine and seven or eight and eight this year? I think they can. I know they're what they're zero and three. I still think they can get there. I do too. Like honestly, I do. I, I still think they can. Uh, I think there's a lot of maintenance that needs to be done with that offensive line and getting James Conner going. Uh, because so far, I mean, we we've seen what Conner's able to do at running back, and he's been a non-factor so far this year. And I don't think that's anything on his talent. I think it's more on the offensive scheme where Randy Fitchner is just calling a play and it's a draw right up the middle for for uh, for Connor and the dink and dunk passes last week. I don't know if that's because they wanted to get Mason Rudolph more like settled in uh, rather than airing it out the whole time. But I think at some point you have to just say, all right, well, he's a young quarterback. Let's let him take his lumps. Let's air out. Let's open the whole offense up. I, I think that probably will happen this week in, in division rival Bengals. Um, and honestly, they still can compete for a playoff spot. You look at the rest of the division, all right? The Browns are what, 1-2? and two. Pittsburgh's 0-3. The Bengals are 0-3. And, and now the Ravens are 2-1. and one, But like we said in the beginning of the year, we don't know how, how much Lamar can, can keep up this pace. Because we've seen Lamar not be able to throw a football all last season 
And now he opened up this year with two of the shittier teams in the league and did pretty well throwing the football. But that's also against Miami's defense. And who who do they play week two? Arizona? Yep. Yeah, Arizona, right? Yeah. So yeah. they played Arizona and Miami, two, two, two of the worst defense, like two, two of the worst off defenses in the league. And uh, he looked good doing it. But again, he didn't look fantastic against the Chiefs defense and the Chiefs defense is not good. Yes, I do agree. And, and, and like we said last week, they got that lucky backdoor that Lamar yeah. did score at the end. I, now, I've changed my opinion a little bit on Lamar. I've watched them. I've watched this team. If they are run first, I think they're a very good team. And let Lamar pick his spots and throw it. I think they can be a, a competitor. I Do I see them maybe making a run against the Chiefs or the Pats? I think this is a Chiefs-Pats AFC. I think that's, that's yeah. almost settled. It's going to be Chiefs-Pats. But I can see the Ravens making a run, potentially. I'm... I changed, like I said, I changed my opinion a little bit. I'm a little more on the positive side for Lamar. But I don't know if the Steelers compete for a playoff spot. They're going to need some luck to go their way. They're going to need the Ravens to, to stumble up a little bit. But like you said, they're only 0-3. Hey, if you rattle off three in a row and all of a sudden you're 3-3, and you're, you're back in this. If, even if the Ravens, you know, stumble up a little bit, they are back in it. I, I don't think they make the playoffs. I mean, maybe 9-7 and seven does make the playoffs, but 8-8. Eight and eight, Seven and nine it, with a backup quarterback, in my opinion, is a really good season for the for the Steelers. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, that that's what you have to look at now. I mean, I, I just think it has to do more with the play calling than it does with Mason Rudolph as a quarterback because they have the offensive pieces. They have Juju, they have Vance, they have James Conner, Jalen Samuel get some work in there. Uh, Washington looks looks decent, and like if they if Mason Rudolph and Washington get their rapport going that they had at Oklahoma State, it's it's going to be good for, for the offense and their rookie wide receiver, Deontay Johnson looks pretty good as well. So the, the only, the only uh, dark spot there in that receiving core is Dante Moncrief, but I don't want to talk about him because he makes me upset. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're, we're done talking about that. That's enough said there. <laughs> so I I want to go over some of our, our worst calls because we do have to talk about this. We, we, we have to be a, a little perspective here and w- what we did. I had a, I had a bad call last week. I won't lie. I had the, uh, the Packer Denver under, I said the game was going to be a chess match, punts back and forth. And believe me, I watched it. I know it only went to 46, but these teams, these teams were in each other's red zone. It felt like the whole game. This game should have went over 50. Oh, yeah. This is a terrible call for me. And, and after watching Green Bay's defense last night, I know I said earlier, I was betting Green Bay unders. I am off that. That was a terrible take by me. This Green Bay defense is not as good as I thought. I, We'll took our lumps, but you got to realize it it was a bad take there. I mean, I also thought the Green Bay defense was good. For Hell, I started them yesterday in fantasy, and they, they ended up getting me negative one points. But they came out three points to the Bears week one, and we were like, okay, well, Matt Nagy's supposed to be this great offensive coach, and Green Bay just held them in, tech, in check. Who, who did they play week two? They also did very well week two. Week two. Oh, they played – Freaking, uh, what you call it? You know, who, who the hell did they play? Why do we always forget this shit? Hang on, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. Um, maybe I don't got it. Anyway, the point is, the point <laughs> is, the Packers looked, they, they looked, they did, they looked very good, and it was, it, I don't know, after watching the game last week, I'm, I'm just lost 
lost what happened. I, because, I don't know. I, they put the Vikings. Oh, the Vikings. Piss me yeah. off. That, that's. Hence, not a good <laughs> offensive team. Right, exactly. So, I mean, besides for Dalvin Cook, I mean, Dalvin Cook is a, is a stud. But other than that, I mean, the Green Bay defense looked awful last night against Philly. Uh, I thought Philly or Green Bay should have won that game had they not given up uh, how many points they give up? 34 points to Philly? Yep. Yeah, so their run defense couldn't stop anything. They gave up five and a half per, or roughly five and a half per carry to, uh, I almost just said to Sproles, to uh, Jordan Howard. They gave up. What, what did I say earlier? Seven seven per carry, six and a half per carry to, to Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah, 11 for like 75. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I just think that this Green Bay defense was overhyped. Um, I thought – I think we both thought we had a read on them that, wow, their defense really switched up. They're pretty good. Uh, but Green Bay don't got a good defense. Yeah, no. Um, not saying I'll be on overs with them. It's just I'm I'm not gonna be on on many unders. Maybe if I find a spot somewhere, and we'll see how it goes. But um, what was one of your uh, worst takes from either this season so far or, or last week? Uh, actually, last week it was my fantasy take with don't start the Broncos running backs because Philip Lindsley, L- yeah, Lindsley, Lindsay actually ended up doing good against the Packers defense. So that should have been the writing on the wall saying, oh, the Packers defense isn't great, but. They still look decent against uh, Denver. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think Green Bay's defense was, it, it, like we said earlier, it was overhyped, and uh, we're paying the price now. Yeah. And um, speaking about fantasy, I played Lindsey last week against him, and it was actually funny. I had... What did I have going? I didn't have a lot of guys going at one o'clock. I think I had three guys going at one o'clock. One was uh, Demarcus Robinson, who he had the great touchdown. He had like thirteen for me, and I think one was my defense. So I'm going into this game, and and the projections were there, blah blah blah, right around. I was projected to lose by like six points or something, like one fifty to one forty something. I was like, okay, whatever. Then my team ended up blowing up. I had Rivers, I had McCaffrey, I had Moster, I had Mike Evans. I, I scored two hundred points. Neither here nor there. So yeah. my team, after getting bashed, getting bashed by Herndon and Richie the last couple of weeks, it's it's back two hundred <laughs> points this week, and everyone wants to trade with me now. Well, so I wouldn't say everybody Monday wants to morning trade with you. I'd say. Well, I mean, <laughs> say, I, I accept trades and they get vetoed. Listen, so that trade was horse shit. It's not the point. My question to the audience, which I'm going to put a poll out on Twitter for I don't know how many people to see it, but what is vetoing for? Vetoing is for collusion, not for a bad trade. If you're good enough to – here's my question to you, Hard. Why do you offer me Chris Carson and, like, a kicker for Christian McCaffrey? It was Chris Carson and Cortland Sutton, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, That's still terrible. But – I mean, if you want Eckler in there, too, I'll do the trade. <laughs> no, because it just came out Melvin, Melvin Gordon's the one. My point is, if you're going to offer shitty trades and someone accept, accepts them, you would veto your own trade with your philosophy here. Yeah, okay. So my philosophy on your trade, though, was he was giving up his first three-round picks for basically dog shit. 
because he said he what needs to win now. Dog shit. Okay, he gave up George Kittle. George Kittle's on a bye this week. I was giving him Disley, who Disley has three touchdowns the last three games, and he's been balling. I was giving him Tyler Lockett, who just came off a 10-plus reception game, and he had, I think, 10-plus targets the first four, three weeks of the season. I was giving him Devontae Freeman, who Ido Smith just got injured. He's the one now. And Frank Gore as an extra piece. Now, I'll, I'll be the first to say it. Was it a fair trade? No, but it wasn't as bad as you guys made it out to be. Okay, I was getting Kittle, I was getting Devontae Adams, and I was getting Joe Mixon. Mixon has done nothing all year. Adams, okay, he finally had a breakout game last night. And Kittle hasn't done much. My my argument is it's not as lopsided as you guys are saying. You guys are, are saying it's this terrible trade, like I'm robbing this kid or something. And I just, I, it wasn't that terrible of a trade. I mean, it's kind of good for you. The trade didn't go through, though, because, yeah, Devontae Adams went off last night, but he just got hurt. So they don't know how long. Yeah, I know, and I'd be, here, I'd be freaking it. out. So it's kind of good that it got vetoed. So kudos to you. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay. So let's get into our picks quick. So I got two. Richie's not here. He gave us his two. Um, Herndon, do you want to spout off his two picks, or you just want me to spout them off, and then we can kind of talk about them uh, I remember one of them. Uh, he had right. the Giants I'll... minus three. Yes. All right. There's pick one from that was from Richie. So this is kind of an asshole thing to do because he can't really defend himself. But I know somewhat his reasoning on some of this, so I'll try to be Richie here. <clears throat> so guys, uh, we're taking the Giants minus <laughs> the three points here. Danny Dimes is the goat. He's great. He's the next Pat Patrick Mahomes two point oh. Yeah. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, okay. Just kidding. Right. So, Richie did take the Giants minus the three. His his reasoning just was, the Giants are the better team and you're getting them under the field goal. I agree with this take. I don't think the Redskins are a good team. Um, I agree with this side. In this game, I'm not betting anything. If I, had, if I was forced to pick a side, I would take the Giants. You're getting them at the three. You might be able to find them two and a half in some places. The Giants, in my opinion, are the better team, even without Saquon. Herndon, um, what's your opinion? My opinion, when we recorded it before, before Richie, uh, you know, decided to screw us here, was I liked the over in this game because both teams have terrible defenses. The Redskins like to air the ball out, so they have that going for them, and uh, the Giants like to like to air the ball out as well with with uh, Daniel Jones. So I just think it would be a better pick here to go ahead and play with the, the over than it would be to pick a side. I do agree there. They're both both defenses aren't the best, and both offenses are going to have to score. The Giants just gave up how many. The Redskins have been giving up a lot of points. But 50 is – it's at, I think, 49.5 or 49, 48.5, yeah. somewhere on there. So it's, it's basically get 49. to 50 – Basically, get to fifty. It's it's a high number for me with two shit teams. Uh, I mean, my worry on the over is if Haskins would come in in the middle of the game, which is a potential. I don't see him balling out. That's 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 a concern. Oh, I don't know correct. if Keenum. I don't know what Keenum can do. And do do you trust Danny Dimes to get you to thirty five again? Eh, I don't know. Uh. I don't know. I, I just like the over more here just because of the whole both defenses are easily scored on. Uh, we saw it last week with the Giants defense giving up how, how much they gave up. 
and Case Keenum likes to air the ball out. And uh, they gave up a lot of points last week to Blake Bortles. By Blake Bortles, I mean Mitch Bortles, uh, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, and uh, Taylor Gabriel, who so far has really been a non-factor this year, and he scored three touchdowns. So, I just think it's a good uh, matchup for the offenses on both sides, which would allow me to say I believe the over is, is going to hit. Okay. So, with my first pick, I'm actually going to be fading the Rams, the team we talked about earlier. Give me the Bucks plus nine. I'll make this pretty simple here. My reasoning on this is I just don't think the Rams are a good offensive team. I don't think they're a great team in general. I think Jameis is coming down late in the game. I think the back door is wide open. I think Jameis can get, get us a backdoor cover. Do I th- see an outright upset here? No, I don't. I would not bet a money line here. Um, I don't hate the Rams for Survivor. I don't know if they'll be my pick. We'll find out later. I I think the Bucks are a good enough team to stay inside this number and make this game competitive. Yes, I, I know I was talking to my professor earlier. This was one of the picks I gave him for the weekend. And he even said, you have to, you, you know Jameis is going to throw the ball to the other team once or twice. I'm like, hey, I'm fine with that. I'll concede that because I, I think golf will do the same thing. Like we talked about Gurley not being the best runner. And the the Bucks realistically should have won last week against the Giants. They should have made that field goal. And I think this line's around seven or six and a half. Yeah. I think you're getting some value there. So that's that's my reasoning for the Bucks. Um, do you have a, a feel on this game? Uh, yeah, I think you're completely correct here with this Bucks game uh, or with this Bucks pick. Uh, I don't really see a whole lot of offense going on from the Rams side. Now, I know the Rams, uh, you know, have Jared Goff, who likes to throw it to Cooper Cup, who's been torching the league, looks great. Uh, Brandon Cooks is a deep ball kind of guy. Uh, Robert Woods is a target machine. Uh, but I just think that. Jameis is going to be able to come out and sling it around like he does every single week. And yeah, you're going to get your turnovers. Like you said, like Jameis will probably throw two picks. I mean, it's not Jameis Winston unless you're throwing two picks. So I I just think that, that you're definitely going to be able to get a backdoor or not definitely, sorry, don't mean to say definitely, but there's an opportunity to get a backdoor cover at the end of the game. Uh, Say with Jameis just airing it out because they have, they're abandoning the run game because they're down by, 10 points or 14 points or so. I think the door's wide open to be able to get that backdoor cover. Yep. We both agree there. So with Richie's second pick, he, he, he wants to take the Pats minus seven. Um, my opinion on this in Richie's terminology, what he told me is he thinks the Pats win this game by 14. He doesn't think the bills are anything good. He believes Tom Brady keeps his streak going where I think Brady lost like two times ever to Buffalo. I don't even know if he's ever lost at Buffalo, maybe once or twice when he first started playing, but Brady does have the Pats, does have uh, the Bills number. And it's at seven. It's it's a it's a good number realistically. If it goes down to six and a half, it's it's a better play. But um, in my opinion, this line's probably gonna jump up to seven and a half. My speaking about my professor again, he he told me in his imaginary world, he imaginary bets with me and he goes I'll take the Pats minus the seven. I said, okay. I will not lay seven on the road with a divisional team. But, um, yeah, that's where Richie's going with his second pick. He's taking the Pats minus the seven. Yeah, and you said not laying seven on the road to a divisional team, let alone a divisional team that's undefeated. You don't want to lay the seven there to a divisional opponent who's undefeated. That That's my my opinion on it. I don't think it's a great play to go, go that way. I just think – 
I think the better play here, if you're going to play on this game, would be the under because I don't see either defense really bending uh, or really breaking. I, I see a lot of bend, bend, no break in this game. Uh, maybe like a 21-13, like fourth quarter start. Um, I, I do think the Patriots win, but I think that the the, the the cover is not a guarantee on either side here. Yeah, you forced me to bet the game. I'll take the Pats minus the points, though. Uh, I don't hate the play. I just It's not something that will be on my card come Sunday. No, no. Like, gun to my head, I'm saying you're taking the Pats. But either, or other than that, I'm just going to probably lay off this game. Uh, and if you want to look the under, I'd probably look the under rather than the over. And then my last pick, we're going Sunday night. You know, get right game, get it back. Um, you probably have a couple beverages in you by now, you know, 820 rolls around. Who cares about class on Monday? And the Saints are a primetime home underdog against the Cowboys. Give me the Saints plus the points. The Cowboys, here's, here's my reasoning. The Cowboys haven't played anyone. I need to see it from them. If they come, if they go to Narlins this week and get a dub, I'll believe it. I do think Dallas is a good team. My dad's a Dallas fan. I don't even know if he listens to this, but he probably text me and say you're an asshole or something for picking the Saints here. I I like the Saints plus the three. If you can't get them at three and you get them two and a half or two, and you're you're listening to this like Sunday, just take money line on them. I think um, Teddy Bridgewater there, third week in the system. I think he makes something happen. Kamara showed last week he's a stud. Yes, Dallas has Van Der Esch. Dallas has the guys to to guard him. But I think this is, I think this is a prime game where a guy like Ted Ginn takes the top off the defense one play, and, and he is he a one for sixty and a touch. I see that happening here. I think the Saints defense steps up. I mean that Superdome. I've heard from different comments from players and announcers that they say this place is crazy, especially a prime time game like this. I'm um, I'm all in on the Saints. Here's my take: the Saints are better with Teddy Bridgewater than Drew Brees. Okay, I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that one. But I do like the Saints here in this game. Um, the Cowboys really haven't played anybody spectacular so far. Like, you look at it, they played the Giants with Eli Manning at quarterback. They played the Redskins, and they played the Dolphins. And the Giants put up 17 with Eli Manning. The Redskins put up 21 after they were leading at, at, at a point during the game. And, uh, I mean, the, the Dolphins were the Dolphins, but... The, also, Dallas didn't put up 50 points like everybody thought they were going to against Miami. So I do like the Saints here. Primetime game. Teddy Bridgewater, he's out here. He's he's looking good. He's not looking better than Drew Brees, so you're a little crazy for that. But I, I do like the, the Saints here, uh, plus the three. Uh, and if it does get down to two and a half, take the money line. I'll defend myself on the on the Bridgewater take real quick. He is more of a game manager than Breeze. Breeze can hit the big play, yes, but I love that Bridgewater can get out of the pocket. He can move. He has the ability to scramble. I think he fits Kamara's play style better. I know Michael Thomas hasn't been an insane weapon, but I think that's where chemistry will build there. I, I like Bridgewater better than Breeze. I I like the Saints team. Give me him plus three. All right, I'll give it to you plus three. I'm I'm agreeing with you here that the plus three is the good line here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know what I did. That was a little weird. 
Yeah. Okay. That's enough for our pick. So I'm on Tampa plus nine, Saints plus three. Richie has Pats minus seven and Giants minus two and a half. Herndon, fantasy segment. What we got this week? Fantasy segment. All right, buddy. So like we talked about earlier, Giants-Redskins game. Going to be very high scoring. Or not very high scoring, but there's going to be a whole lot of non-defense played. Uh, I think you can safely start your Giants receivers, Evan Ingram, uh, at tight end, you can start uh, Sterling Shepard with, with ease. And then on the Redskins side, Terry McLaurin, uh, he's really been tearing it up, hasn't he? Scary Terry. Yeah, well, hold on now. There, there's already a Scary Terry. Don't – hold on. No. Scary Terry football edition. <laughs> okay, Scary Terry football edition. That works. And also, I, I think you can uh, start Daniel Jones. And if you're – quarterbacks on by or your quarterbacks hurt i don't think case keenum would be a terrible play here uh also miami game miami versus the chargers you're starting all your chargers uh you're starting austin eckler you're starting justin jackson you keenan allen might be putting up 60 fantasy points this week if we're being honest uh that might happen keenan allen is going to torch this this dolphin secondary and I don't know if you watched – did you watch the Miami game at all last week, Ev? Yeah, I saw parts of it. I, I had the red zone on. Because there, there's been points during these blowouts where Miami's secondary just stops trying. Like, it, it happened with Xavier Howard last week. And Xavier Howard's they're probably their best player on their team at corner. And uh, he just gave up on plays because they they don't want to play in a game where they're losing by 30 every week. It. It's going to get old and stale really quick, and I really just think their their defense is given up and ha, ha, is going to give up the rest of the season unless they get some young guys in there that want to try to try to win now and make a roster. I, I think that would be the best option for the for the Dolphins to see what they have with their young guys because they're going to give it their all every week to try to make a roster next year. So here's my thing: I, uh, I'm a so Dolphins I, I, fan. And okay, I did watch I did watch a game last week. Um. So what I saw is early in the game, they got down the red zone a couple times, and they got two field goals out of it. They didn't get any touchdowns. What Flores is going to have to do is he's going to have to go for that. It was like fourth and short, fourth and two. He's in the red zone. You're going to have to go for it with with Rosen out there. You got to get Rosen's out there already. He's. I liked what I saw from him. You're going to have to, if you want to win a game or two, you're going to have to go for those short fourth downs, and you're going to have to give your team something to play for, not playing for field goals here. Does – does Miami win that game last week if they go for these and get touchdowns? No. But if you hear Miami's up 14-3 early and then instead of it being Dallas 10-6, well, all of a sudden it makes – there's something going on here. And like you said, the defense does quit late because they're getting killed. If if their offense is showing that they're going to – they want to score the ball, even if they don't convert them all, they're showing they're trying to play and trying to win this game. Their defense will be more apt to play. And you are right. They need to give young guys chances, but – Miami's going to be at a disadvantage all season. They just don't have the skill level that all these other teams have. That That's what it comes down to. Yeah, I'll agree there. Um, Patriots game, Patriots-Bills. I think – I don't know what to make of the Patriots running backs. Uh, Rex Burkhead had a good week last week, but that's also because James White wasn't there. Sony Michelle hasn't been doing anything this season at all. Um, I think the only running back you start in this game – uh, on either side would be James White. I, I think that's the only the only uh, look you have this week for a running back in that game. Uh, 
receivers, uh, it's tough because both defenses are pretty good. Uh, if you're starting a Bills receiver, I'd start probably Cole Beasley uh, because he just gets targets and targets and targets and targets. Uh, I just picked him up in fantasy. Uh, what's up with it? Uh, but I, I think that this game is going to be not a crazy high-scoring game. Both run defenses are pretty pretty good. Both have pretty decent cornerbacks as well, so it's going to be tough to getting to get something going here in fantasy in in, in this game. So that that's a a tough spot if you have any of those players as your number one for a for a, for your wide receiver or running back position. All right, so let me spit off a couple of games here. With um, I have a couple of start sits or in games where people might be in different different type of situations. So first one I want to go to is Arizona Seattle. Will Disley. He's had three touchdowns the last two weeks. Absolutely. He got now last yep. last week's touchdown was fluky. It was at the end of the game when they were getting blown out, blah, 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 blah. But if you look at what Arizona's done against tight ends, they've done shit against these tight ends. They all tight ends are blown. They've done up. nothing. Yep. So are we saying stream tight ends if you can against Arizona's defense rest of the season? Absolutely. Arizona does not cover the tight end well at all. Uh they've kind of been like forgotten about the tight end, basically. I mean I forget who Arizona played week one. Let me let me check on that quick. Uh, let's see. Lions, that's when TJ Hawkinson went off. Tampa Bay. Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. No, they put they, Detroit. Yeah, that's when TJ Hawkinson went off. They played the Ravens. That's when Mark Andrews had a great game. They played the Panthers. That's when Greg Olson had a great game. Will Disley, great play there here in, uh, against the Cardinals rest of season I think you start your tight end against the Cardinals because they are consistently giving up 20 plus fantasy points to the tight end position now here's a place where this this is a a spot where it happens a lot I know you probably know about it Andy Dalton in primetime games he sucks he's terrible yep do you look do you look at like a, a Tyler Boyd or a Joe Mixon here and and maybe think about giving a a Demarcus Robbins, Robinson or or a, a Dar- or Daryl Williams on Kansas City there, a start over them just because you know Andy Dalton is probably going to shit the bed Monday night? Um, it, It's a tough spot because they are playing a Steelers defense that doesn't look fantastic. Uh, they've Their secondary play is really pissing me off. Um, but... It's a tricky spot. I mean, Kansas City's playing the Lions. The Lions have looked pretty decent the past couple of weeks. Um, two two zero and one. Uh, I I think. I don't know about the running back. What, what's his name again? Uh, Williams. Uh, I can't remember his first name. Daryl Williams. Yeah, Daryl Williams. I have both uh, of them on my fantasy team. But, I have Damian and Daryl. So. Yeah. So I but I do think, in that spot. If you're saying you have Joe Mixon in a flex position, because let's be honest right now, Joe Mixon is in an RB2 right now from the first three weeks. Uh, but I would probably say if he's in your flex position, start Demarcus Robinson over him. I The Daryl Williams play, it little little weird for me right now. I don't know, because the Lions defense has looked pretty good. I mean, that they're playing against the chiefs offense who let's be honest, they're the best offensive football. They're the best offense we've seen in a couple of years. Uh, it's tough for me, but I think I would definitely, if Joe mix is in, is in your flex, I would start to Marcus Robinson over him. Uh, 
but I don't know about it. I'd go as far as starting him over Tyler Boyd because the Steelers secondary hasn't looked great. Okay. Last question for you here. Um, so you have a guy like uh, Mark Ingram on your team. He's just had a blow up game last week and you're looking out there and, and you, you, do you sell high on Mark Ingram? Do you think he, he keeps going with this productivity? I mean, we said the Ravens defense, the Ravens offense is going to run through the run game. What's your opinion on Mark Ingram? So this is actually tricky for me because I wanted to trade for Mark Ingram, but at the same time, I didn't want to trade for Mark Ingram because rest of season, it's hard to get a read on exactly what's going to be going on here uh, with this with this uh, offense here in Baltimore. Because uh, Mark Ingram has three touchdowns, had three touchdowns last week, and if I'm not wrong, he had a touchdown the first two weeks, correct? Correct, yes. Am I, am I right on that? Uh, yeah, so yeah. He looks pretty. He looks pretty good so far, but with the extreme usage that they've been given him, is he going to get hurt? Is he going to not run the ball as much because he's not getting extreme amount of opportunities that you think he's getting with these hundred yard games? He's getting 15, 14, 16 rushes a game, and he's just turning them into into hundred yard games. But also, like the first week they played Miami, which understandable why he's going off. Uh, last week they played the chiefs and it was a shootout and they got down to the goal line a couple of times, uh, a couple of times there in that game and decided to run the ball rather than pass it. So you, you just have to be wary also because Lamar Jackson's ability to run the football, like down near the goal line, they're going to use Lamar Jackson a lot more, uh, down the stretch, I believe than they are Mark Ingram. So I think this is an opportunity to sell very high on Mark Ingram because people are believing that, oh my God, he's the number five running back in fantasy right now. He'd be an incredible asset for my team. But he's just not getting a lot of looks out of the backfield. Lamar Jackson can vulture these touches. I think he's a sell-high candidate. Okay, I agree. Um, some names I'd probably try to target if I if I was – I mean, I'd go with the, the Nick Chubb owner. I think he is a great ceiling coming up here. I would go at – who who else would you got? Um, Aaron Jones owner. I'd yeah, look at Aaron the, Jones owner. Uh, the Melvin Gordon owner. Maybe you can get a little package deal there. You say, I'll give you Ingram for Gordon and maybe throw in a, a wide receiver too, maybe. Even, I think, a depth wide receiver there. If you're getting Ingram, because you can argue the, the point that Melvin Gordon hasn't really played. He hasn't played in, what, three months? Correct. He has done no football activities in three months. So... I just believe that he's going to get off to a slow start. That's why I'm keeping Eckler in my lineup. I, I did try to trade him a whole lot earlier to try to get a uh, maximum value, but now that Melvin Gordon's completely back, his his value is diminished where people are viewing him as nothing but a just backup running back where he does have an extreme standalone value because every year or every game last year except for two, he finished as a fringe RB2. See, if I were you, I, so in your I, shoes, think, yeah. I, I do yeah. agree with you. I, he does have standalone value. I think, I think personally, if if you were trading him, you you would have to ask for an RB two somewhere. But you're not going to get enough value for what you think he's worth because I think he's worth a good bit too. 
but you're 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 in a catch twenty two, and you almost have to keep him. That's why I know the other day I told you I was trying to get Gordon. Yeah. I was to come to you with Gordon. I, th- that's your only. It's a shitty spot, but you almost have to just let it ride and see what happens. Right, exactly. And then I went and tried to get Gordon, and he wanted both James Conner and Chris Carson for Gordon. And they're my one and two running backs. So I can't trade my number one and two running backs during the week where then I don't have anybody else to start at running back. So I think I just have to sit. And if you're a uh, an owner of uh, – of Melvin Gordon, you just have to wait and take a wait and or an owner of Austin Eckler, sorry, take a wait and see approach because odds are everybody in your league is just going to rele- relegate him to a a bench running back. But in all reality, he is a decent flex play every week with RB with uh, low RB two value. Yep. So with that, that's our fa- fantasy segment for the week. Um, if you ever have any fantasy questions, don't be afraid to DM us, shoot us a whatever. And I'm decent with this. I mean. If you ask me, in my opinion, I have the best team in our league right now, so whatever. Well, you did draft Cam Newton, though. Yeah, well, who's the starter now, buddy? Kyle Allen. Uh, Phillip Rivers, and who did I get him? I got him from you. You gave me Phillip Rivers, buddy. Yeah, for Cortland Sutton, I needed wide receiver depth because I, I wasn't sure about AB, and now I'm really not sure about AB. Okay, so with that, I let's still get have AB our... on my team. I, I, don't, I don't see him as droppable. I don't see him as droppable. Dude, he's droppable. No one's picking him up. Not dropping him yet. Got to wait right. and see. Apparently waste, there's waste, some interest. Waste the bench spot, please. Be my guest. I am. So let's get into our final segment before we'll jump over to college. Oh, quick wait, for hold a couple on. Minutes. Bre- breaking news. Melvin Gordon may make his 2019 debut uh, this Sunday because Justin Jackson has been ruled out. And this is me going to my fantasy team to cut Justin Jackson because he is a bum. Yeah, he he has just been ruled out for this week. He is uh, he is now I, he he's a running back you can drop now. I mean, you were just keeping him this week for the uh, the the Dolphins matchup. You're going to start him probably against the Dolphins, but uh, Melvin Gordon may suit up this week. Well. With that, Justin Jackson, see you later. I mean, I'm him soon. He might be injured or something. I saw something. He might have had a foot injury or something. But, uh, yeah, it's the Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler show now. So, if you have Justin Jackson, go out and drop him. I just picked up Tony Pollard. He was out in our free agency. You know, take a flyer with him maybe. I think he still might be something even with Zeke there. We'll see what happens. So, for our last segment of the day, before we go to college, college will be quick. I promise I know we're running a little late here. Um, our survivor picks. So, I'm still undefeated. Richie is also still undefeated. Herndon, he has an asterisk because he gave out a pick that lost, but then changed it. So, um, Herndon is, um, well, I guess I guess we'll say undefeated. with a I'm 3-0 I'm Barry Bond style. I'm three and zero Barry Bonds style. That's fine. So with your three and zero with Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds style here, where are you going for week four? You gotta go Chargers. Uh, that's that's where I'm leaning. Uh, a lot of the matchups this week are tough to pick for a survivor game. Uh, I still have the Chargers in my arsenal uh, because I didn't use them yet. Thank God, because uh, I was going to take them against the Lions and I didn't end up taking them against the Lions. Uh, but I'm going Chargers this week against Miami. So, 
I was thinking the same thing. I was saying Chargers, Chargers, Chargers. I don't think they'll get upset. I don't. But I there's something about it telling me that Miami at home might make them give them a scare or something here. So I'm actually I'm taking the Chiefs. This is a spot. I know they're on the road. It's not the best spot, but I don't think the Lions are good. I think they're coming off a little bit of a high last week. I think KC goes in here, and they're going to dominate the shit out of this Lions team. Give me the Chiefs. It's not me saving the Chargers. It's just me kind of not wanting to pick against Miami, too, and in all in all scheme. I might be out thinking myself here, and and for, for the, the pick here, I might be, might be really screwing shit up, but I'm going to take the Chiefs. Taking the Chiefs against the Lions, the undefeated Lions. Yes. And for Richie's pick, he's also going Chargers. So we got two Chargers, one Chiefs. Yeah. My other reason with the Chiefs is I don't want us all to be on the same one because what fun is that? There's no fun in that. Right, exactly. It, it does scare me. My Chargers pick does scare me to the point where I'm afraid to pick the team against Miami every week because I doubt they're going to go 0-16. I mean, it could happen, but – I doubt they're going 0-16. So there's going to be a week somewhere in here, somewhere, some way that they win. Uh, but I don't I don't see it happening yet. Uh, so I'm still gonna rock with the Chargers this week. Uh, I'll probably look to get off the Miami the Miami train uh, and if uh, the Chargers do survive this week. I'll probably look to get off them next week. I did see someone on Twitter say just keep fade Miami, fade Miami. I'm like, listen. If they go 0-16, that's a great strategy. But if they go 1-15, your survivor's done. You're lost. That's a terrible so, strategy. Right, yeah. exactly. Unless unless it's a New England 1-15 or a Buffalo 1-15 or a – you know what I mean, where, where they beat a team they've already played before so you can't take them. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so that's our NFL segment. And uh, once again, I'm sorry we don't have two podcasts this week. A lot of stuff's happening. So we're just going to cram college in here quick. Believe me, you're not missing much with having a college podcast. It would not go too long. There's there's not a ton of great matchups this week. There's there's not any top 25 matchups. There's, there's, there's honestly, it's a shitty board. It's a shitty slate. I mean, I'll have fun. I'll watch it and probably have some second halves and live bets and stuff. But for me personally, I'm going to give out two picks here. So with all that being said, um, I'm taking under in the Houston-North Texas game. It's down to 58.5. I still advise to take it there. I have it at 62. I have it at 60.5. I bet it twice. This game, I'm sorry, I don't see how it goes over. North Texas is not a big, powerful team. They have Nathan Rourke as their quarterback. who He's going to come out. He's going to be a pro prospect. But it's at North Texas. Houston's going to be down. Uh, I, I just see this as a slower game. Even with, with taking King out, I still only have this game around 52 points. So even with King in there, it was only around 58. So I was probably already betting the under. Now I'm definitely betting the under without a starting quarterback out there. So my first of three picks is going to be Houston under 58.5 points. I, I do like that pick there. I, I think this game goes under. Uh, who, who's uh, the backup here for – Isn't it, it's the coach's son, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, he's it's a it's a it's a it's a sophomore. Forget his exact name. He hasn't had any playing experience. This is gonna be his first game as a true road start too. Not the best spot for a kid. 
no, I'd like Houston here to go to go one and four, and I like the under in this game. So I actually lied. I'm only gonna give out two picks because my other pick that I bet it was um Oregon State against Stanford, but Stanford's quarterback was just ruled out. So the line was taken down, and I'm not sure. If I bet this at an offshore book, I'm probably going to get refunded. It's like when a pitcher gets taken out, you get refunded your bet because it's bullshit. But the, the line completely moved. So we're not going to talk about that game. Um, my other college pick is going to be Kentucky against South Carolina. Give me Kentucky plus the three. I have this line at Kentucky minus two. I think Kentucky's a better team. This is at South Carolina. I don't think South Carolina, I don't think anything of this team. If you look at stuff rate, Kentucky, far and away, better. I have them at a plus six stuff rate in my numbers that I do against South Carolina. So give me Kentucky plus the three. Yeah, well, we just talked about, what was it, two days ago, three days ago, something like that, how, how important stuff rate is. I forget exactly which game we were talking about, where it was uh, Richie, I think, saw the line going the other way, and – uh, he messaged in our in our group chat and was like, "How about this game?" And you were just like, "It's the stuff rate. Stuff rate's the most important stat in in football, and it is. Stuff rate's the most important stat in football if you're looking at it uh, from from a betting perspective. Because if you have a very high stuff rate, uh, most of the time the other team isn't going to put up whole put a whole lot of points up, especially a team of South Carolina's caliber. I like Kentucky here as well, plus three. It was the Wisconsin-Michigan game because Wisconsin's stuff rate was through oh. the damn roof. Yeah, it was that's what game it was. And and Richie had Richie Richie had no clue what stuff rate even was. And he was like, "Oh, dude, Wisconsin's just winning." I was like, "Listen, man, I we saw this. I didn't know it was going to be a blowout, but stuff rate did mean a lot that game. And you could see why Jonathan Taylor had like 140 yards in the first quarter. It made sense. But stuff rate is a very important stat to college football. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So now I talk about some marquee matchups that are going on this weekend. I won't lie to you. There aren't any marquee matchups, so we'll spin around <laughs> a little bit about the Penn State-Maryland game. Um, honestly, Friday's card is really good. You got Duke, Vod Tech. You got Penn State-Maryland. You got Cal, Arizona State. Honestly, just watch college football Friday night, and tomorrow just, I don't know, go get drunk somewhere and don't watch. You don't even have to watch anything. But – um. My prediction for this Penn State game, as I gave this out earlier, I'm going to take Penn State 34, Maryland 31. Well, what's the uh, what's the line currently sitting at? Minus three and a half? Six and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm a I, – I could go aside here because I think Maryland's team isn't great, but also Penn State's offense hasn't shown anything so far this season. Um so I don't know if that's just because they're not opening up the playbook because they want to save it for bigger matchups because we have seen in years past they have done that. Um, but this game scares me. I think it's a trap game if you're looking Penn State because Maryland did just lose to Temple. Is that who they they lost to Temple? Yeah. And, but after they just blew yes, out they Syracuse. they lost that Temple. Right. After they just blew out Syracuse. So this is hard to get a read on. Hard to get a read on. Um, I think I would fade this game completely and just watch good football. Well, subpar offensive football. Yeah, um, I think Maryland might get Penn State a couple times explosively. I think they're a better explosive team. I want to see how Penn State's defense. This is Penn State's biggest challenge of the season so far. 
Uh, it's very worrisome. Don't bet this game. If you if you see something live and you want to jump in, I don't hate it. I love live betting. But um, other than that, we're staying away. Other than that, I think that's about it for our college and um, NFL takes here. Um, next week, like I said, I don't think Hernan's going to be able to join us next week. He's a lot of schoolwork. We'll, we'll plan a little more accordingly for that type of stuff. Um, I was talking to him and Richie and a couple – maybe we might have a couple other people come on. We're doing. Uh, we're gonna be doing NFL Wednesday night, college Thursday night. That's gonna be the plan going forward. So, it's gonna be NFL will get released Thursday morning, college will get released Friday morning, and um, that's how we'll let it ride. So, other than that, Hern, you got anything to add? Uh, I don't have anything to add right now. Uh, I think just gotta send it home. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in again. As always, make sure you follow us on all our, on all our social media at Book It Podcast on the uh, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Twitter. Uh, again, thanks for tuning in. It means a whole lot to us. Uh, see you guys back next week. Cheers.